welcome back to Spiritual Graffiti Podcast. Uh, it's just me, Pete. Um, please follow us at Spiritual Graffiti Pod on Instagram, Blue Collar Spiritualist on Instagram and TikTok, uh, bluecollarspiritualist.com. Uh, I offer sessions. I also have an online course for mediumship. Come check me out. All right, so um, where do we begin? Um, I thought I would actually use this platform as a way to kind of talk through different experiences I've had uh, that I've been writing about and, you know, kind of what they meant to me when they happened and what they kind of mean to me now. Uh, Specifically, I was... I was just writing about an experience I had when I was a kid with Jesus. Jesus! Um, I was in, you know, I was raised Catholic, and I was in, uh, what do they call it, catechism, uh, where, you know, they program us when we're kids about the Bible. But anyway... Who cares? Um, So I was in catechism and the priest had brought us all together in this like big meeting room, not a church, but some sort of like meeting room for all the kids. There was about, I don't know, 10 classes worth of kids, probably 10 kids each class. And... He told us that we were going to do like, a. he didn't even call it a meditation, but basically there was this big candle in the middle of the room and he kind of talked us through just like breathing and he was definitely ahead of his time because this was probably, I don't know, I was probably 10, 12 years old. Um, So it was probably somewhere in the early 90s. I was born in 83. But anyway, he just talked us through basic breathing. And there was this big candle in the room. And he told us to just focus on the light of the candle and kind of stare into the candle. Uh, I would later find out that this is kind of like a basic uh, meditation technique where you kind of focus on a point and kind of get try to get lost in the point, basically. And he talked us through the breathing, and he talked us through focusing our awareness on the flame and the warmth of the flame. And then basically he told us to just call upon Jesus to, I I wouldn't say he definitely probably didn't use the word connection, but some form or another, he kind of asked us to call upon Jesus. And for me, you know, I was in the room focusing on the candle, focusing on the light of the candle, and As soon as he asked us to call upon Jesus, 
I felt like I was like transported. You know, I've probably never had an experience prior to this, but I felt like I was transported into this like path. There was like a path. I remember seeing like an, like I could see it now. I saw like an asphalt pathway trail through like this wooded grassy area kind of reminds me of a park I grew up around um and it was kind of like just a a single trail that kind of wandered through like this grassy lightly wooded area with lights it would be like light posts and kind of benches along the way that you could stop and sit at so as I'm connecting to Jesus or whatever I'm doing I feel like I'm transported to this area like that and I'm kind of just walking around this area and all of a sudden I walk and there's this like bright lamppost like the shine the light shining from the lamppost is like the sun like you could feel and see the rays so I felt like I was supposed to sit at that bench because it was empty at the time and so I sat down on the bench and all of a sudden I could feel this like energetic presence I didn't necessarily see Jesus or anybody I just felt like this like static warmth and like fullness kind of move into me and kind of next to me and sat down at the bench with me. And like, as the energy kind of sat down, it was like, um, it organized or like, uh, recalibrated focus. Like it, it was like an energy was, focusing on a frequency to become a physical being, if that makes sense. Um, and I, I was sitting there and it kind of refocused or like recalibrated into Jesus, which always kind of, let me talk about that first. So like it kind of always made me think like, is like Jesus like beaming into my consciousness in a form or is it like is it just God you know I overanalyzed this for years but like is it just God or infinite intelligence or this higher awareness calibrating or focusing to fit my knowledge or awareness of what God is or what God should be. Um, And is Jesus the form that I seek? Because that's how, that's all I know at the time. You know, like, why did it shift forms like that? Whatever I was connecting to. Um, So, As he appeared or became clear 
Jesus's form, I could feel like this just through energy, which like kind of may not make sense for people who aren't there yet in terms of interpreting energy, but like I could feel like his presence in his presence, I could feel his like unconditional acceptance of who I am, which is pretty amazing. Like, like him, his presence portrays the awareness that he already accepts me for who I am, regardless of who I am. And I felt that, you know, and it's like, it's almost like it feels like this. To me, he felt like an archetypical, both father and mother or masculine and feminine divine. It was like he had the energy of being like almost like a father or the dad and like loving me unconditionally, you know, and then having also the the sense of like a divine mother where like there was like this nurturing loving aspect to him you know and it makes me think like what like what i thought about with this experience was that everything was energetic it was kind of sensed and when I say like that really was the experience and like the fullness of his energy, that's really what it was, but it, it was so much deeper than that. You know, it's like trying to explain like a psychedelic experience to somebody. It's like, it's almost like while you're on psychedelics, you have more senses or more awarenesses. So to like kind of explain them afterwards, it's like you can't because you don't, it's like another level of like feeling things or sensing things. Um, So back to Jesus is that I kind of thought about what I think about is that like what would it take for you or anybody to fully love? any person you interact with unconditionally, you know, cause that's kind of how Jesus felt to me. And that's kind of how Jesus is portrayed is that everybody is worthy of love, you know, or worthy of his father's love, whatever you want to say, uh, whichever interpretation you want to take. But the key part is that like, he had this feeling of unconditional love, right? So think of the worst person you know 
or even if it's like ideally, like if you think it's a figure, a political figure, you know, whatever, you know, whoever you think is like evil or bad, right? What would it take for you to like love them unconditionally? You know, and I was trying to think about this because like it's easy to like love people you love, you know, like it's easy to look at your child and be like, oh, my God, I love this kid. Even like me, like when you're you're a parent, obviously there's plenty of times you get pissed off, you know, especially at your kids. But. I feel like there's always that, like, for me, doesn't mean I'm better or worse, but for me, I feel like there's always this, like, level of, like, I don't care what they do, like, I love them no matter what. Right? So that's the easier version of unconditional love. But now look at somebody that you feel triggered inside. Or, um, you know, you feel this ball of rage when you look at them. I don't know, triggered, whatever. Like, how do you think you could love that person unconditionally? Like, how does, my thoughts were like, how does Jesus do it? Right? Obviously, you know, this is all hypothetical, right? I don't have the answers. But what I was thinking was that for, like, what makes somebody do something bad, right? And I would say, like, I, my, my theory or thoughts are that, like, hurt people hurt people, obviously, you know? So, like, in a way, the quotation mark, bad person is just somebody who has a bad version of what love is, you know, whether it's from their parents, whether it's from their environment, society, whoever you want to blame, you know, or their own ego, you know, their own ego is torturing them to death. So what would make you look at that person and feel like they deserve unconditional love, regardless of their actions or regardless of who they seem to be? And the answer I got was that it would have to be awareness. You know, like if God infinite intelligence, whatever you want to call it, infinite intelligence, right? So they, to me, it means that you, like, God is really full awareness. It's awareness of everything, everybody, all their thoughts, all their actions, all their love, all their pain, all their sadness, all their anger, everything, right? 
So if you look at somebody who is evil or bad, whatever you want to call it, in this 3D sense, if you look at them from the highest perspective or the full awareness, you can see that they are doing what they're doing because that's their version of love or that's their that's what they learn so you're like you're it's almost like being in full awareness allows you to be in their shoes and kind of understand why they do what they do right so if you have full awareness of I don't know what example to use, but if you have full awareness of why people are doing what they do, it's like, why do you do what you do? You know, you've hurt people. Everybody who's hearing this has hurt somebody at one point in their life, whether they want to believe that or not. Um, and it might not even been their fault. It might not have even been conscious. It might not even been purposeful. You know, everybody here has done something to hurt somebody's feelings or, you know. And if you look at that, right, like, I don't think, like, It's like what motivates you to do what you do, you know, whether it's like you could look at anything like um, I felt like my parents were poor growing up, right? I was raised kind of lower middle class. I moved around a lot. Um, We must have lived in probably 10 houses. By the time I was in high school, renting, blah, 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 you know, and a main argument, obviously, with my parents was always about money and our financial situation. And I feel like my mom always kind of pushed the idea of like owning your own house, you know, like, like, you know, kind of mocking my dad because we never really owned our, you know, my parents never owned their house. They always rented. And, you know, it was talked about a lot. And I remember, you know, my mom always saying like about buying your own house when you have your own family, that type of stuff. Right. So it, it was in my brain to own my own house. You know, it was mocked. My father was mocked, who is like the archetypical male for me, obviously, or everybody. Like their father is kind of like the male figure in your life. And then it's being mocked by the feminine motherly figure, you know. So it's like I, as the son want to please the mother, you know, like you want to please your mom, you want to please both parents. But so it's like this whole story is built into my head of like owning my own home. Right. And 
it's like not like this defines me as a person, but I'm saying like I feel like other things were sacrificed in terms of like financial stuff overwork this is i'm not going good and bad because i i feel like this is oh this should be always like a neutral subject because it's like when you get into good and bad people get wrapped up in like their beliefs so what i'm trying to say is that like my parents kind of you know unknowingly kind of concocted this belief in me that when i get older i have to own my own home and i'll do whatever I can to do that, right? I think I'm getting lost on a tangent here, but what I'm trying to say is that, like, these patterns are made within us and we're not even aware of it. And then it's like, you finally do these things. Like, I finally bought my own home when I was younger, and but I worked hard. I worked 70 hours a week, and it's like I sacrificed a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have and who knows what you know I gave up in terms of focusing on this one thing but my real point was that we like are shown these different versions of what is important or what we need or you know who our ego is or who we identify it as and really, like, the first 20 years of your life, you don't even, I feel like we don't even know that, you know? it's all, It was only in my 30s when I started to, like, become more aware of who I am and, like, what I want authentically, right? So, like, if you're raised in a home where you can't show weakness and then you go into the real world and somebody kind of contradicts your identity, you know, and you react in an angry way or a violent way, you know, are you really a bad person? Are you an evil person? You know, I think it's just like, we are like shaped by like, it's almost like paradoxically the same thing in a sense, like we are shaped by our reality as well as we shape our reality. You know, I went off on a total tangent and kind of got lost, but whatever. Um, But my point is with back to Jesus is like he, like if somebody is, it could be anybody. If somebody wants to love the world unconditionally and look at every person as unconditionally, you know, being able to be unconditionally love regardless i think the key to it is the infinite awareness you know so like it's like you're tapping in if this jesus is if jesus is just a man who became enlightened and became more aware he tapped into his god self and through being connected to that god self is able to have a sense of somebody the truth of who people are, you know? And then it also goes back into, like, you know, we are all waves of the same ocean. So it's like if if we're all God, 
So if you have the own your own awareness of your God self, right? Like if I fully know that I am God and I have that awareness and I can feel that. Because I think a big part of all this is the, the unseen and the unknown in the sense that like you just feel things and you have this awareness like you when you have the awareness that you're God or you have this, you have these experiences or these spiritual experiences, even if they're temporary, you know, because I feel like people talk about enlightenment, like it's a state of like totalitarian, like it's like a, like a end stage of evolution. Like you just get to enlightenment, you know, and then everything's kosher. But I think, like, enlightenment kind of moves in and out of you, and you have these, like, periodic experiences of the wholeness or the fullness of this reality. And what that does is it kind of makes you remember, you know? Like, I think I think deep down we all know we're God, right? But there's these layers of like illusion, these layers of programming, these layers of like tradition, um, societal norms, cultural norms, where you kind of forget. And then you have these experiences where you know, and you have that full awareness of like God and the, the self is kind of an illusion. And we're all just like, in a giant dream or play and when you move into that awareness you become more aware of yourself as god so in fact or in reflection everybody around you you see their god self as well because your reality is always reflected of what's within right so if you have more awareness of yourself as God, you're going to see God in everybody else, right? So as you see God in everybody else, your perspective shifts. And you get, I think when your perspective shifts like that, you give people a little bit more of a leeway in terms of, oh, they did this that was negative or perceived as bad. But maybe they're hurt inside, or maybe they're suffering some other way, you know? And that's a big part of the unconditional love as well, is like you, you tend to see people or you see others from your own perspective and your own version of your own God self, right? I don't know. I'm not sure. I just think like... I think in the end too, like part of me thinks... Like I was thinking about this experience the other day because I was writing about it. And... I think it also like... To me, something clicked in my head when I was thinking about this experience that like... Maybe he just made a choice. 
Like, maybe he just said, I don't want to, like, I feel like it hurts. Like, when you get angry or you get upset with people because they're not fitting what you want or they're not fitting your reality or they're not fitting your roles, you know? Like, I think sometimes, like, maybe he was just, like, tired of, like, hurting. And I think, like, as a whole... Our collective is kind of tired of all the bullshit. Like, just tired of people hurting each other or war, suffering, um, hate, you know? Like, what if he just clicked on? Like, he just made this shift. He just made the thought pattern change. He just thought, you know what? Instead of judging this person because I have insecurities or I have issues. What if I just said, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to love this person regardless, you know? And what if he was like faking it to make it anyway? Like, what if he was just today, I'm going to decide to love everybody I interact with. Today, I'm going to just see the beauty in everybody. You know? Because that, that kind of like really hit with me when I was thinking about that. Like, like I could go downstairs and play with my son and think like fuck this is a lot of responsibility you know like they demand a lot from me I want to get these things done I want to finish doing my house like there's so much stress and responsibility with kids that I can't even finish working what I'm doing I want to do this I want to do that I'm not there yet this is a lot of responsibility or uh, I could go downstairs and I could look at the smile he has the the way his eyes light up when he sees me and then I could do a little work and I could take a break and jump in the pool with him and I could see the beauty in every moment I can be grateful for every second I could have with him, you know.
and just be in that moment and cherish being in his growth and his like evolution as a person you know so maybe it was just a choice maybe he just said fuck it Maybe he said, fuck it. This reality can be suffering. Or I could just accept my suffering and be grateful that I have love. I think that's like when people say God is love. I think that's what they mean. I think they mean that there's always going to be suffering, but you could choose love. And that's what makes it easy. You know? I don't know why I got so emotional from that, but I did. Because <sighs> I think as a whole, we just feel tired of it, you know? But the power of the message was, like, with him or experiencing him was that there's always a choice. You know, we could let the, the suffering consume us and we could look at all the shit and we could focus on the shit. Or we could decide not to. You know, I feel like I keep saying, I know, you know, because I'm uncomfortable with being emotional. Who? I mean, like, I was, it was funny because, like, I was thinking about this today and something came up. It's like, uh, you know, I go on TikTok, like, social media, right? We're on social media. And I always feel like sometimes there's just narratives secretly pushed on social media. It's like I look at, I'm on TikTok or I'm on Instagram. I pretty much look, I'm going to be honest, boobs and jokes. I love stand-up comedy, uh, all different messed up humors. You know, I kind of like everything. I think everything's funny in a way. But anyway, so like that's my, that's my algorithm. Boobs, uh, maybe sometimes workout stuff. Oh, food too. I love cooking. So that always shows up and fart jokes, you know, that's, that's my, that's my level of, uh, intelligence anyway. Um, so I'm on social media, all that stuff. And then like randomly like these like fear mongering type 
posts just show up. Like, I'm not looking for stuff with, like, the Ukrainian war. Like, my political beliefs are, like, I don't want to get into politics. That's my political beliefs. Anyway. And it, like, keeps showing up on my feed. So, like, I... And the funny thing is, is, like, I, like, click the thing where, like, you don't want to see posts like that anymore. So, it was funny. This is just how God works. The algorithm in reality works. So, I go on... I'm on Instagram, and, like, it's showing, like, some battle, like, people shooting each other or whatever, and it's, like, the Ukrainian war or whatever, and I'm, like, I don't look at anything involved with this, I don't Google search things about it, you know, like, I try to limit my social media, you know, half the time I just go on there to post stuff for my Patreon or for whatever, and talk to, like, close friends and, you know, send memes, anyway, so I click the thing and I say, I don't want to see posts like this anymore. Like, and then I saw this thing where it's like, you could put keywords. So I typed in Ukraine. Like, I don't want to see it. And I'm like, uh, I'm driving today. Like, so I type in Ukraine and I put the thing. So I don't want to see posts like that anymore. And then I'm driving home from the gym today, and this guy is wearing a shirt with, it says Ukraine, and it's had, like, a Ukrainian flag, and it said, like, something, like, supporting Ukraine in the war or whatever. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, is God, show, like, influencing my algorithm you know, in a sense. And I was just thinking, like, even going all the way back to this Jesus and everything like that, it's like, it's always going to be in your reality. Like, there's always going to be, like, I think perpetually there's always, like, order and chaos, good and bad. Like, you're always going to see it because that's, like, it's the contrast. It's, like, how you choose your experience. You know, like if I'm focusing on this, this comes into my experience. And then like if I'm, it's like you can't know what you want until you know what you don't want. You know, it's like there's always got to be the ebb and flow. It always has to be the sway. Right. So it kind of reinforced my beliefs is that like no matter how hard you try, like the suffering's always going to be here. Because it's like bad and good feelings so no matter how hard you try like the suffering is never going to go away like there's always going to be something to suffer about and it doesn't mean like you know actual suffering in a sense i'm saying like you're always going to have something you want more or you're always going to there's always going to be that desire so with that desire like there's always going to be that attachment to what you desire so there's always going to be that yearning, you know, it's always going to be good and bad. Like if you want more money, like there's always going to be times where you feel like you don't have the money because that's what drives the experience, you know, like you wouldn't know you wanted more money until you had less money.
right? So my point of all this is like Ukraine is always going to be here. Like there's always going to be a war. There's always going to be something going on that's not feeling good. You know, there's always going to be a fight. There's always going to be something. No matter what, you have a choice. You could focus on it or you could focus on love. And that's it. That's the answer. No, I don't want to say that. <laughs> that's stupid. I shouldn't have said that. It's not the answer. Who the fuck knows what the answer is? But this is the answer I came up with for myself. That's a better way to put it. That sounds better. I don't want to say that's the answer. Then I sound like a freaking guru or something. I'm not your guru. Um, so, yeah. I feel like I should end on that. So, yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you have any questions or you feel like reaching out, you can reach out at Blue Collar Spiritualist on Instagram or TikTok, bluecollarspiritualist.com, Spiritual Graffiti Pod on Instagram. I'd love to hear feedback. I'd love to get some ideas probably from you guys. Please like, share, follow, do all that shit. Help me grow. I'm tired of working my day job. Help me quit my day job. Thanks, guys. Love you. Take care.